welcome to Bone, Stone, and Obsidian. My name's Wayne. And I'm Robert. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Robert. How are you doing? Hey, good, good. How are you doing? So in case anybody's wondering, we are recording this at the beginning of January. I'm guessing we'll probably be out in February, but I think we should be good with that. But uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, it's a brand new year and there's a lot of stuff going on this year and uh, should be pretty interesting. You know, uh, maybe Wizards will release Dark Sun for uh, DM's <laughs> Guild this year or something. Castle awesome. come out. I mean, uh, that'd be that'd be nice. I mean, Wizards, if you're listening, anybody at Wizards is listening to this, you know, we've talked to a couple of people who 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 made uh, Dark Sun originally, and they all said they'd be willing to work on it again. You know, <laughs> nudge, nudge, hint, hint. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> so. I mean, we're going to dive right in and we'll have some like small announcements and stuff at the end uh, afterwards. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about actually one of my favorite things about second edition D&D and obviously it's carried through and it originated in Dark Sun. We are going to be talking about weapons and actually weapon materials, weapon breakage. This was one of my favorite things when Dark Sun came out. It was, I don't want to say revolutionary. I, I just said, you know, to my like, you know, grade school mind was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I want to play this. I, I want to do this. This has got to go into everything, you know, every game that I play, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, why don't we dive right in? Robert, why don't you introduce us? What was going on? You know, what happened here? Like, why was this so new? Sure. So uh, one of the things that Dark Sun did was to, you know, to always kind of throw the common tropes of D&D on its head. And one of the ways they did that was by actually, I mean, there's kind of two ways that are sort of combined. One is to kind of have non-standard weapons. So, you know, you don't really have your long swords and your crossbows and stuff like that. And the reason for that was there was not a lot of metal. And so anything that was metal is going to be harder to make. So therefore they're going to have something else. In addition, because there is not metal, you're going to have uh, alternate materials and those alternate materials are going to affect the way that you hit and damage the things that you hit and damage with them. And so, you know, they had different, you know, non-standard materials, non-standard weapons to kind of give that, you know, that Mad Max, uh, you know, kind of post-apocalyptic yeah. vibe where, you know, things are sort of strapped together. You're using bones of animals and stuff like that. So it kind of gives that a, a little more of that savage vibe uh, as opposed to kind of your standard fantasy. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if anybody's ever seen sort of early human weaponry or early human tools, Obviously, no one was making metal. Um, no one was using iron or copper or bronze or any alloys. These things are, you have a long stick and you have a bone <laughs> or you have a stone, you know, chipped flint. Yeah. Maybe not obsidian. I've never seen any real obsidian weapons, but those kind of things that are created. And even if you go on YouTube, actually, this was something that inspired me Like when we originally planned this. I actually went on YouTube and there's this guy that basically tried to make like he tried to cast yeah i saw an that. obsidian yeah the obsidian blade yeah and he just he couldn't get it to work right obviously right. we're in a fantasy setting it'll work better but those kind of things and just to look at some of that development those kind of weapon developments imagine you don't have enough metal or metal scarce or metallurgy is mostly unknown mm -hmm. the the modern day of what we expect a medieval weapon a medieval or a fantasy weapon to be like a sword is just not going to be popular it's just not going to be possible but something like an arrowhead, a spear, even an axe, where you were using the weight of the weapon, where you're using 
a smaller contact point and not an entire blade. And those weapons just seem more savage. It's not the, you know, the knightly, you know, cross, you know, that's one of the reasons they say why we have a sword, like a long sword is, has a cross because, you know, religious views, you have something that's brutal and you have something that's, you know, it's going to chip off <laughs> when it sticks <laughs> into you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm always, uh, I've always been a fan of like, uh, primitive skills mm -hmm. and so i actually took some classes um uh, like i made my own bow i i napped some arrowheads and some um some spearheads oh. out of obsidian so it was really cool to kind of see how you can actually make stuff like that and obviously you know me just doing it for a week is not the same thing but it really mm -hmm. gave me uh, some perspective on how some of this stuff is made and you know getting into kind of the rules when stuff came out with second edition mm -hmm. there were the, the basic kind of chart, like you could find the chart you have your basic materials and, and, and those are going to be like your metal, obviously, you know, it's going to be kind of standard. There's not going to be any damage or hit probability changes to that. It's going to be the, the same cost mm -hmm. and the same weight. Then you're going to have your bone and that is a 30% cost and a 50% weight reduction, but you're also going to mm -hmm. suffer a minus one to damage and a minus one to hit. Then you've got your stone mm. and obsidian, and that's going to be 50% uh, cost, 75% weight, minus one to damage, and minus two to hit. So, you know, we're mm -hmm. kind of getting worse as we as we go along. And then finally, yeah. we're going to have wood, and that's going to be only a 10% cost, 50% uh, weight, minus two damage, and minus three hip probability. So when you're using mm -hmm. those non-metal weapons, you know, you're really kind of going to pay for it in the, you know, how, how well you're going to hit things. Yeah, I mean, that, that wooden dagger at... Uh... Minus three to hit and minus two to damage on a D four. Not gonna do a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> though, though. Yeah. Granted, I you you take martial arts and I've actually hit somebody with like a, a short piece of wood before accidentally. Sure. Yeah. You can still hurt someone pretty bad. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. Saying. You definitely could still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that it's not gonna like it's not gonna cut. It's not gonna you know no, you're no. gonna do some some bludgeoning. But still, yeah. It's is is this and and this is also sort of like the idea of taking weapons that are not meant to be made that with those materials necessarily mm -hmm. and making them. So in dark sun, you're going to have, there was a lot of weapons that were already made of inferior material, like a club, like a club is already mm -hmm. made of wood or bone yep. or whatever. And so you're not going to take, you're not going to get the penalty for those because that's already what they're made of. So, right. so like the, you know, the wooden dagger, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely an inferior weapon and you're, you're probably not going to want it just because of that. In addition, the inferior weapons would lead to breaking. So in in second edition, whenever you succeeded on an attack that inflicted max damage, there is a one in twenty chance that the weapon would break. Mm -hmm. And so that that sort of it's a cool idea, but in reality, at least in my games, all that ended up kind of resulting in was that players would would like hoard weapons. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was kind of difficult to try to like get weapons away from people. Because they were just, they were just, you know, there's those old images of, of you know, just player characters with thirty weapons, and and that's definitely something that I ran into. <laughs> my my favorite thing about this was really just the weapon materials. It was, it was not just the modifiers. I mean, the modifiers were cool and whatnot. It was the descriptor. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you play D and D, you don't worry about what what metal or or whatnot. Uh, or what kind of material your weapon is made of? Mm -hmm. um, yes, sometimes thematically you could you could change it up. You know, it's glass, steel, or it's you know some sort of different material. But to make it 
important. That was really, really cool. And that's what really caught me about the weapons and about Dark Sun was that they made this very, very, and very, very important part of the game. Mm-hmm. Yes, not everybody used weapons, but for the m- most part, they did, which means you added a layer of, I'm not just trying to look for a magic weapon. I'm actually looking just just to get me a metal weapon. A metal one, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, get me a metal one. And and I'm happy. I'm I'm all of a sudden I'm rich because if I ever need to sell it or break a piece <laughs> off, I could sell it. But that was really, really that was really impressive to me. And obviously, there are weapons that didn't need to be changed. You know, uh, a crossbow, a crossbow bolt fired from a crossbow. Crossbow doesn't need to be made out of metal. Um, you could find a strong enough material or enough material that you could create a, a crossbow. You can create that recurve that bow. But just having those descriptors was was a huge thing and. It has always stuck with me year after year, even to this day, where I do think about if I'm giving a player character a magic item, what is that item made of? What 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 uh, material is that made of? Because that just makes it more interesting. That's just a descriptor. It's something that they can imagine as part of their character. Some mm-hmm. people don't care. I understand. But in Dark Sun, it was important. And it's carried through the additions. It's, it's still important. It's still that Mad Max feel. It's still part of the game, even though mechanically it's changed over the years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of the things that i always thought was cool was like if you if your weapon didn't have metal in it then it was like one percent of the price so like you know your clubs your your spears your mm-hmm. your whips things like that you know they became more common because they they became way cheaper in yeah. in the kind of conversion that was dark sun and you know you were talking about crossbows and crossbows is one of those things that like i never allowed them because I always, I always imagined that they just, I don't know, for some reason, the way they were made, they required some metal. So they were always like mm-hmm. super rare. So most people right, in my right. games had like bows or slings or, or, or the other weapons. So yeah, I mean, in second edition, crossbows were subpar to bow anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've been talking about second edition um, and we're going to go over each of the editions kind of briefly and talk about how they mm-hmm. handled weapon materials and, and breakage. So with third edition, when we, you know, we were chosen with uh, Athos.org to kind of create the third edition, they decided that inferior weapons, uh, inferior materials, we're just going to have a minus one to hit and damage. So they sort of simplified mm-hmm. it because it's just, it becomes fiddly and it yeah. becomes, it's just, it's just too much. And it's not like, like you said, it, it's cool in the description, but yep. making you that much worse, you know, making you five to 10, maybe even 15% worse kind of mm-hmm. sucks, <laughs> you yep. know? Yeah. And one of the things obviously is one of the things that I always thought about was just like the, the wooden dagger example. Would anybody really make a dagger out of wood? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> do, do I need to, to spell this out that <laughs> there are some materials that are completely inferior to what you're trying to do. Like a bladed weapon made of wood is not going to work. Mm-hmm. So someone making that is, it's it's not just not as likely. It's it's like a, to- a child's toy, right? Mm-hmm. So that was always a thought in my head was just like, yeah, I have rules for it, but do I really need to cover that? And, you know, having just saying, you're using an inferior material. Uh, okay, if you have a wooden dagger, I, you want me to really penalize you? Sure, but you probably have a stone dagger or a bone dagger instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or at that point, like if you have wood, like make a club, <laughs> you know. Yeah, basically. then you're not you don't have your penalties, and yeah. <laughs> so one of the things you know that that sort of made me think about one of the things I always liked was that, but it kind of didn't square with the with the original conceits of the world. Is that 
elves mm. in Darkson still got proficiency with longbow or longsword. And so, like, yeah. how are they going to use longsword? You can't really make a bone longsword. You know, you, I mean, you, you obviously you can, you could just say it works. That's fine. But to me, to my mind, again, I've, I've had a little bit of skill in it. And so I'm like, that's, that's never going to work. No. But I always liked the idea of elves sort of having some sort of psionic or magical uh, ritual to sort of harden a, a, a piece of bone to make it worthy mm-hmm. as a longsword. So, I always, you know, describe the elven lo- bone longswords as uh, as that, and it sort of gives it gives uh, elves a, a sort of different reason, uh, you know, like I don't know, just something cool that I always right. uh, I always like to to include in my games. Yeah, yeah, no, that's you know, there's something that we like. Obviously, we don't have magic, but you know, we 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 have metallurgy. We know how to alloy metals and you know combine it with carbon nanotubes, that kind of stuff. I'm figuring in Dark Sun, it's still a brutal world. They probably figured out something to do to stabilize some of their materials. Mm-hmm. And like you said, having a, a, an elven sword, you know, made of some sort of bone or some sort of special, like, or, or be able to work obsidian a certain way or even a spell on, on wood so you can actually sharpen it. I mean, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility for magic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about wood again, it just totally made me think of, you know, in, in we haven't mentioned it yet, but in second edition and in the novels, uh, there was always something called Agafari wood. And it was supposedly yeah. pretty much as strong as metal. And I'm sure, I, I don't think I pulled up any of the numbers, but I'm sure there were some additional stat modifiers for Agafari that were kind of different than wood. I think it was. I think it was very similar to like stone or obsidian. Mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and and just for the life of me, I can't. First of all, I can't reach my books from here. <laughs> but I, yeah, it did have different stats than just wood. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's still. I remember saying it. It still wouldn't hold an edge because you. It's not metal, but it's as hard as metal. So when you used it, it was like the same with certain weapons or like with like blunt weapons. It was the same stats. I think it was bone. Mm-hmm. I think it was as bone be, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so something like that, yeah. So talking about hardness, one of the things that came around in third edition was was having much more definitive like weapons with their hardness and they could break and stuff like that. I think you know there were probably some some alternate rules and just regular D&D, but when Paizo released their Dark Sun in the in the pages of Dungeon Magazine, they included mm-hmm. basically modifiers to attack and damage for example, bone had minus two to attack and damage, but it also had a hardness and a hit point. And so if your weapon took damage or if you crit missed or something like that, you you know, your weapon would take damage. And so once it broke, mm-hmm. it broke. And that's how they sort of did the weapon breakage. They also had something called obs- uh, blood obsidian, which sort of, I'm not really sure where they got that. They just sort of made that up because uh, it's not in any second edition as far as I know, but it's sort of sharper. And so it does plus one to damage. Mm-hmm. They also included bronze, and that was something that always was like, I don't know, I, I always thought that was interesting to use kind of inferior metals also, but I felt like it kind of takes away from just metal because, I don't know, just having something be metal and, and mm-hmm. steel, like I always describe things that are metal as steel in general because they're usually kind of artifacts and stuff like that. And anything made right. nowadays is probably just you know it's still steel but it's probably not as good as old stuff because they've you know maybe lost some of the the ability to make it yeah or it's, it's like pig iron or something like that yeah I mean, I, yeah i've watched a couple of videos of people making weapons with like with 
you know, iron and, and pig iron ingots and stuff, which is, which is actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they also had, like I said, so they had bronze and that was minus one to attack and damage and it had a hardness and hit points. Uh, they also had, and then it went from stone to minus two to attack and damage and wood, uh, which is minus three. So they sort of brought together the damage and to the, the to hit probability. So they made them, they made them, you know, worse a little bit because, uh, you know, they, mm-hmm. they dropped the damage on them a little bit. So, you know, just kind of talking about or showing the ways that the material sort of change with the, with the additions. Now, fourth edition, I gotta say, you know, I, you know, fourth edition brought me back to playing Dark Sun because I'd, I'd kind of taken a long hiatus and it brought me back, but I was really not a fan of the way they worked weapon breakage in fourth edition. Right. So non-metal weapons, you know, obviously they break easier than, than metal ones. And it became an improvised weapon if you broke it, which, which is cool. That makes sense. Yep. And the way it would happen though was you could choose. There was basically fumbling breakage, which is when you rolled a natural one using a non-metal weapon, the item would break. Mm-hmm. And then they also did the reckless breakage, which is when you roll a natural one on an attack roll, your weapon has a chance to break. You can accept the result automatically missing the attack as usual, but keeping your weapon intact. So I didn't really like that because almost nobody did it. Like it was mm-hmm. just like nobody would choose to, to have their weapon break. Yeah. And so that never came up. And so I always thought that rule just sort of diminished the play style and the coolness of having non-metal weapons. Yeah. What do you think about it? When we played, again, nobody used that rule ever. Yeah, nobody ever used that rule. Um, nobody wanted to sacrifice their weapon. Even when you use like inherent damage bonuses, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. nobody wanted to use that rule. Yep. For fumbling breakage, it was okay just because... and. I've had this discussion with people about the mathematics behind D&D. In fourth edition, you generally didn't make more than one attack roll in a round. Like it wasn't like in third edition or even in fifth edition where let's say a fighter gets extra attack and more and more attacks. Mm -hmm. The more attacks you make, the more likely you're going to roll a one, which means as you get better at attacking and and hitting things, you're more likely to break your weapon. Like that (laughs) always was like, uh, the mathematics here don't really work. Just so everybody understands, anybody who use like critical fumble tables and they can decapitate themselves, just know that the fighter is more likely to decapitate themselves <laughs> at higher levels right. than lower levels. Yeah, because I mean, the fighters that's got like four attacks are rolling four dice. Like they're they're yeah. gonna roll that twenty percent chance or five uh, percent chance. You know, way yeah, more they're gonna roll that five percent chance, right? So, yeah, I mean, weapon breaker is always part of the game. It's it's part of the thing. In 4th edition, it just seemed like they took away the fun part of it. Like, there's always a, a risk. But the risk was not meant as a penalty. The risk was just inherently part of what happened with the weapon. The weapon material was the, inter- like, to me at least, the weapon material was the interesting part. Where, yes, there was an inherent breakage, there's inherent downfall, but it really reinforced the themes of survival and scarcity uh, of Dark Sun. In 4th edition... I feel like that's one of the things that they didn't reinforce as well with the weapons in mm-hmm. that case. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know. I, I mean, 4th edition was still fun. I know people down on 4th edition, but 4th uh, edition Darkson was really, really fun. We ran like a lot of cool like gladiatorial arenas and, and escape scenarios. But the weapon breakage rules, it just felt like a, a little kind of attack on mm-hmm. that wasn't really, didn't feel integrated as part of the game. Yeah, that could just be me, though. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. In in you know, moving on from fourth edition, in fifth edition, you know, obviously there's no official rule set. There's a few rule sets out there, and you know, most of them sort of mirror some of the older stuff. You know, they either directly mirror kind of third edition stuff or they directly mirror the second edition stuff. Uh, I would say most of them kind of do the second edition stuff. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I you know, I've gone through a bunch of different kind of iterations, and generally, what I'm sticking with now is is some of the second edition stuff, which is that you, if you roll a, if you roll max damage, you have to roll mm -hmm. another d20, and if you get a one, then then your weapon breaks. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're rolling if you're rolling a disadvantage and you roll two ones, then your weapon automatically breaks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's not much chance of that, and so I think it's cool when it happens. I also have another rule that at any point, if you need your weapon to do maximum damage you can break your weapon. So you can break your weapon mm -hmm. and you can do max damage on whatever dice you have. Right, right. Of, of the weapon dice, not like sneak attack mm -hmm. dice and stuff like that. You still roll yep. that normally. So there's just a few different things that that I use. Mm -hmm. And as far as the materials, I don't even, I don't give penalties. I just assume, mm -hmm. I assume that bones, it basically makes the baseline assumption that bone stone and obsidian and wood are the common weapons. And so mm -hmm. when you find a metal weapon, then that's going to have a bonus. So it's basically like a masterwork bonus, you know, coming, right. you know, talking about like the third edition terms because of, there's no masterwork in, uh, in fifth edition, but I just give it a bonus. Right. It's a non-magical uh, bonus. And that sort of still, you know, it makes it so you don't feel like you're sucking <laughs> and it, it gives you something without having to have a magical weapon, you know, gives you a, a, a bonus. So it still kind of keeps in with the, Oh gosh, what is it even called now? I can't remember. The fifth edition, you know, the idea that kind of the the numbers are like a slight curve instead of a heavy curve. Right, right. Like uh, I haven't run too much fifth edition Dark Sun. Just kind of had some ideas. I like. I did want to. I my attack roll stuff. I, I didn't change, but I think for the damage, what I did was I, I went dice up, dice down. Uh, so anybody who's I guess with familiar with uh, DCC, even Savage Worlds, you know having a higher die roll or lower die roll would basically kind of have that where if you're using an inferior material, you know, inferior long sword, it would use a D D six instead of a D eight. Like you would die, you would shrink the die size. And then for weapon break, which was basically when you rolled uh, max damage or whatnot, uh, you had a chance to break the weapon and it was basically the weapon gets a saving throw and it would use your stats or something like that to do it. I played around with different ideas. I haven't run a full campaign of fifth edition Dark Sun, so I can't say I've used any of this or tested any of this. It was just me talking with people, going back and forth about it. We'll see what the official rules are. We don't have, just so you guys understand, there's not a lot of, there's nothing much to compare this to. When third edition came out, obviously they had weapon, they had material types in a DMG in Eberron, they had them in different games where they would do different things and they would have, and third edition is a lot more fiddly. So there's a lot more plus ones and minus ones. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. here's your hit points and hardness because you can sunder a weapon. And there's a lot more fiddly stuff in, in third edition. And some people like that. For me personally, I don't anymore. So in fifth edition, there is none of that. There's one weapon, there's, sorry, there's two weapon materials. There's silvered, uh, which is just basically, uh, it bypasses anybody who has that resists damage resistance. Mm -hmm. And there's adamantine, which does double damage to objects. 
and obviously overcomes golem or constructs resistance. And that's it. And and that's all it is. So when you put weapon material into that context, it's a little harder to know, to, for us to guess what wizards might be thinking. I'm sure they're thinking something. I just don't know what yet. So <laughs> yeah. I'll be interested definitely to see what they do. But like I said, I, I like to yeah. kind of keep it simple. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, there's been, you know, I've been running my fifth edition Dark Sun game for my patrons for two years almost now. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's never, I don't know. I just feel like the weapon materials just, it doesn't come into play unless we want it to. Weapon breakage has come into play when you roll that max damage on a die. And mm-hmm. so there's always a chance. And so that, you know, that's cool. And it has been important several times. So that's been fun. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the cool things about Dark Sun, in addition to the weapon materials, are just the weapons themselves. You know, in a world where oh, yeah. you don't have metal, so you're not going to have your swords, what else are people going to have? You look at prehistoric man, or just not even prehistoric, but just pre-industrial, pre, pre-metal man, like what did we use? Mm-hmm. You know, we used bow and arrow. We used like addle addle to make your spears go farther. <laughs> you know, axes. The Mayans had the uh, weasels, the basically, you know, an, what you could call an obsidian longsword if, if you wanted mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of those weapons, but Dark Sun is a fantasy world. And yeah, one of the cool things about that is that we can have fantasy weapons, weapons that aren't really that <laughs> usable in the real life, but they look really cool. <laughs> so there are a ton of of those kind of weapons and just like Tim Brown and and Troy Denning said that Brahm was was so important in envisioning the world he was also important in envisioning weapons so a lot of the stuff that he drew just mm-hmm. became weapons and they just kind of created weapons <laughs> that, that that he that he drew and for me I love it like I love to describe these cool weapons, which we'll go into here in a moment, yep. of of the Dark Sun setting, they just make it so much I don't know more brutal and interesting. I think than you know you don't get swung on uh, by somebody's longsword. You know you get impaled by an impaler, or you get yep. uh, you know you get slashed by some wrist razors. Because I mean, you know, in the nineties, who didn't love Wolverine and some wrist ra- wrist razors? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> And I mean, that's what happens when you have an artist on the design team. It's not, if you've listened to any of the Dragon Talk, where they're maybe interviewing Chris Perkins and he's talking about, we had, they, they had somebody like an artist, we had these ideas when they worked them out and they're sketching. Now imagine, now I'm not saying I, I can't draw, I'm, I'm not very good at it, but imagine you, when you're doing design, you could sketch out everything that you were thinking about. Yeah. And that is that I I feel like that's what they were doing with Dark Sun, where it's like, hey, Brom, what uh, you know, what ideas do you have today? And he'd have like fifteen different things. They're like, all right, we have fifteen new weapons we've got to add into the game, <laughs> and you know, here's three new monsters we have to add to the game because uh, he's 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 sketching them out. And like the, during the interviews that we we did, like they they really went hog wild with these and said, that's so cool looking, and now we have a visual. I mean, how much better is it when you know what your weapon looks like and you can just imagine what that's going to do to somebody you're swinging it at. Yeah, 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 totally. And, you know, one of the cool things about having these Dark Sun-specific weapons is that they just, they bring that post-apocalyptic feel. Not only do you have, you know, you have the bones of monsters, you have their their jaw bones sharpened to be a weapon, 
but you know you've got them kind of lashed down with leather and stuff and so the way that brahm drew them you know just gives that feel of that brutality that uh you know uncivilized feel of everything that it just it just accentuates all of it so let's get into into the specific weapons with second edition the original box set there was there was five new weapons so we had our chakcha which is something that thrykreen had they are sort of like your you know again it's the 90s we love uh we love stuff from the 90s so like you know everybody <laughs> loved uh throwing stars in the you know in the 80s and 90s and so chakcha were kind of like uh throwing stars for the thrykreen they were created from dazzle which we'll get into in a bit or we could just talk about it now dazzle is basically yeah, yeah. is what thrykreen would make their weapons out of and the way they would do that is they would like chew on sand and they would make it into this uh this crystal and they would form it and they could mm -hmm. use their chakja which are you know again they're they're throwing weapons and then the gaithka which is basically like a a two-headed spear that they would use and both of those would be you know made out of dazzle and dazzle is kind of strong although not not as strong as metal but it allowed thrykreen who are supposed to be these sort of like ultimate hunters to not depend on metal mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. I where was Dazzle uh, introduced? Do you remember? I don't remember. I, I know there's a lot of details because uh, you know we'll get into that later. But there's there are other weapons in the Thrakian of Athos book, so I'm not mm -hmm. really sure specifically. I'm not sure if it was introduced in that original box set or not. I don't. I don't feel like it was. I don't think. I don't feel like it was because I, I remember like it was never explained what the Thrykreen's weapons were made of. It's just like, here's some sort of crystal and this is the damage it does. And you were kind of left wondering, do I need to apply the the stone or bone thing to these weapons? Like it, that was, I remember that was never made clear. Mm -hmm. And if the DM was nice, you didn't. Right. If the DM was not nice, <laughs> you would have to, you know, you'd have this Thrykreen weapon made of a material that is not that crystal or it's made of this crystal, but there's no stats for it. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the cool things, you know, talking about do you need to make it out of other weapons or out of other materials was that if you use these thematic weapons, they did their full mm -hmm. damage because an impaler is basically a handle with a, it's kind of like a, a pick, a, a war pick, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you had, if you made that weapon, it just did that damage and the, the, the type didn't matter because it was a thematic weapon. Mm -hmm. And so you know, you assumed that it was made out of bone or whatever, but it didn't matter yeah. again, because it was a, a thematic weapon. And so mm -hmm. that was another big draw to my players to use the thematic weapons because they, right. you know, you didn't have to mess with, uh, again, the fiddly natures of, uh, <laughs> of, of the alternate materials. Right. And the impaler for those, uh, those that are wondering is basically if you, if you look at the cover of the dark sun box set, the, the Tarek, he's kind of holding these two picks up and, and again, you know, I wouldn't doubt it if Brom just kind of drew that and they're like, well, we should make a weapon out of this. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's going in the book. Yeah, right. Yeah. So in addition to the the Impaler, what am I looking for? Oh, the Karaikal. I don't have that on my list, but I'm pretty sure that was in the first box set. The Karaikal, again, uh, is what you see with that Rikus is showing on that box set. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. got, it's kind of, it looks like the, uh, it looks like a double headed axe, but the both heads are kind of headed in the same direction. And in most drawings, they make it seem like the the axe blade is sort of like the upper part of a, a jaw of some creature. And so, you know, if you if you take 
the right. a creature and you kind of broke its jaw in half, the bottom jaw in half, and you could put both those halves, you know, on a on a handle, you know, you'd have a karaikal. And that was basically like a two-headed act. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you didn't re- like, unless you were playing an elf, you really didn't need to use any of the uh, standard weapons, mm-hmm. D&D standard weapons. I mean, maybe a spear, a bow, you know, but you wanted to use these weapons because who else they they're in they're they're in all the art i mean yeah there's some there's several there's several pieces of art where they do have swords but those swords look like you know like it looks like a a flattened metal bar with a broken tip like most of them look like (laughs) that so in addition to those weapons let's see we've also got so we talked about the crackle You've got the quabone. So the quabone yeah. is, it's described as basically f- four identical shanks of bone lashed together to form a radially symmetri- symmetrical sword length rod. With its lightness and crudely sharp end, the quabone is a fairly ineffective weapon. However, it's often used in arena situations where combat is intended to be drawn out for a long period of time. You know, I can honestly mm-hmm. say, I don't know if anyone has ever used this weapon in one of my games. <laughs> I just, it it's it's not i don't know it's not visually appealing i don't think i've ever seen it drawn i don't know what about you is that the i'm trying to remember is that the one with the four it's like a mace with like four spikes is that the one nope that's that, a that's a an al an al hula no so the way the way i picture it is basically okay. like a cross you know like a an equal okay. an equal sided cross because it says it's uh four identical shanks of bone lashed together to form a radially right. symmetrical sword length rod so it's like a cross, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not very evocative, I guess. Yeah. I ha I, I have a feeling this is the one, one of the ones that is not drawn. Yeah. And even the description is just like, here's an inferior weapon. Yeah. Go ahead right. and use it. It's like, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe like uh, if you're thrown into, uh, you know, into the pits and somebody <laughs> throws it to you, I guess it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but I just never used it. Yeah. So <laughs> that was always, always yeah. funny. And then we've got the wrist razor. Like I said, you know, it's the 90s. We all love Wolverine. And so mm-hmm, the wrist mm-hmm. razors, you know, there's a great picture of, uh, again, uh, you know, I wouldn't doubt if this was, you know, if we, if we can thank Brom for this. There's a great picture, black and white picture of uh, of like this gladiator jumping down. His hands are up and he's got these kind of spikes coming out of the gauntlets at an angle, uh, at a perpendicular angle to his arm. But then he's got three kind of, you know, Wolverine style wrist razors poking up and I just love mm-hmm. it. You know, I'm sure they're like, you know, in, in, in real <laughs> life, they probably would not be very useful, but they're just so evocative and cool looking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fantasy D&D and mm-hmm. it's Dark Sun. It doesn't have to look, it doesn't have to be useful. It just has to look very deadly to both user and to the one, re- the recipient. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just got to look, look cool, right? I mean, if you go beyond just the box set for a very, very long time, the only thing we had was, there was a, a in in Dragon Magazine introduced a bunch mm-hmm. of new ones, and everybody scrambled to use these oh weapons. So good. Also, because uh, yeah, I mean, because it was was Baxa and it was Brom who who drew them, and they were cool. I mean, some of them were like very interesting, just interesting mm-hmm. designs. I'll, I'll be honest; I think I probably put the tortoise blades on like every single <laughs> character just because just because it was like. Here I have a weapon and I have a shield. Right. I mean, my AC goes, <laughs> my AC goes down, which is good in Second Edition for those who don't play Second Edition. You know, it, it improved my AC here. We'll use 
is an easier like non-thing term yeah. here. But yeah, it improved my AC and I would stab things with it. And and then the picture was, I, I still remember that picture was pretty good. Though I have to admit the third edition picture for those were, were pretty yeah, good too. Yeah, definitely. I think the these weapons that you're talking about, they come from uh, Dragon number 185, which is a fantastic Dragon magazine. It just has, there's so many, so many articles of Dark Sun. Let's see, there's one, mm-hmm. two, there's three, oh, yeah. there's three Dark Sun articles plus some fiction. So definitely check out Dragon Magazine 185. But on the cover of that one, it's got the this guy, and it's not really a wrist razor. It doesn't really look like he has, or not wrist razor, a uh, tortoise blade, but it's definitely in that style. Definitely, like, mm-hmm. there's some, probably some crossover yeah. there. But the weapons that that it had in that article are amazing. And they're all, writ- uh, all drawn by Braum. And so, of course, they they are fantastic. And the first one is a bard's friend, which is, is basically this funky looking dagger that again would be, (laughs) you know, it's called a bard's friend because supposedly if you're a bard, you can use it really well to, to poison people. And in reality, you know, there's so many spikes and everything on this thing, you know, you probably would poison yourself more and more times (laughs) than not. Uh, But one of the things I loved, loved, loved about this was that it had a section for proficient use and then it had a a section for specialized use. So different things you could do with each of these weapons. One of the things I I loved mm-hmm. in fifth edition when it was the playtest, and also I think it's probably in the DMG under the uh, variant rules, is kind of having weapon properties, and it it again just gives gives players a different feel of your uh, you know if you're if you're having a, a specialized character that specializes in a bard friend versus a specialized in a karaikal they're going to feel different, even though they're otherwise the same character, mm-hmm. which I always, I always really, really liked. Yeah. I, I mean, you need to, like, if you can get your hands on it, uh, listeners, try, try to find this article. I'm, I'm, I'm still just trying to remember it. I, I don't think I actually have this. I, I wish I had kept <laughs> it. I, I threw away a lot of stuff before. This is a wonderful article. And if you're going to go and translate anything from second edition to fifth edition or whatever edition, these are the ones you kind of want to go go at, and plus you get pictures yep. for them. So when your character, when your players are looking at them, and they're like, "I don't know what this is," yep. here's yep. what it looks like, uh, sort of yep. thing, right? I'm not sure if we want to go through no, every probably single we, one. Yeah, we would definitely be here for too long. But uh, there yeah. are What's, there are ten new yeah. uh, ten new items or uh, yeah. weapons in here. The Kahuluks, they're kind of like your, they're sort of like like a four pointed pick but there's two of them and they have a chain, not a chain, yeah. but a rope in between them. So, you know, those are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. The crusher I always thought was cool because it's made with like a cactus spine and it's basically like a 12 foot tall thing. You kind of whip around. I could just imagine it, you know, being used <laughs> in a, in an, in a war and you just got someone kind of whipping this thing back and forth. Mm-hmm. That was always cool. Uh, you got the Dachi club, which is this giant club, which is, you know, a super huge club. Yep. And then you have like the dragon's paw, which is a weird sort of, you know, a lot of the stuff you could probably see, you know, in um, in the arenas, it's basically like a a, a spear with a, this other thing in the middle, uh, another blade coming out in the middle. Like, yeah, like yeah, a punch yeah. dagger in the middle. Um, then you got the gouge, which is I always loved it. Like I, I just always pictured dwarves using them. <laughs> this, this image was was great. Now imagine yep. a shovel, and then you had a sling uh, over your shoulder to carry the shovel. And basically slam it, like basically gouge <laughs> yeah, totally. it into people. Like, and you can imagine this pendulum action 
with a sling and and trying to use a shovel with like basically an extra handle. I, yeah, this was one of like <laughs> you looked at this and you're like, this is a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous picture. So good, it's yeah. so great, it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah it was and then we get the amazing. master's whip, which is basically <laughs> just like a whip with extra barbs on it, kind of that could be used to poison, which is cool. <laughs> And then we've got, of course, like mm-hmm. we were just talking about the tortoise bray blades, which is basically a shield with a spike sticking out of it. And I just love the image of it. Mm-hmm. The image is sort of like the shield is like a monster's head. And so it's, it's just so cool. <laughs> um, then you got a weighted pike, which is basically just like a spear with a weight, like a mace on the other end of it. You know, I don't know. And yep. then yep. the widow's knife, which is something that pretty much every single of my Dark Sun games has them in him. I, I don't know. I just always thought they're cool. They're basically like an axe, like a hand axe, except for the handle comes out of, you know, perpendicular to the blade. And then there's like, you yeah. know, this would sort of, it's kind of ridiculous for Dark Sun because there's like two spikes that are supposed to shoot out of the back of it, which like, how are they going to make yeah. that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of machinery? But, you know, whatever. Where, where <laughs> right. do you get the spring loaded? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Springs. <laughs> but whatever, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, and you're always just like, it, there's a point where you're looking at it going, this is an awesome thing. And you're just like, how do you spring load this? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So, so those, you know, that was those 10 weapons. And what is better than 10 weapons than 10 more weapons, which is what we get in the, the complete Gladiator's Handbook. And, you know, these weapons are, you know, you could tell that the, the weapons in, you know, in that magazine were a hit. And so they were like, let's make some more. And these ones were not quite as uh, as inspired, I guess. And you know, looking here, the Karaikel's there, so maybe maybe the Karaikel was not in the original box set. Maybe I was incorrect about that earlier. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pull up the yeah. PDFs. So, so we had the Karaikel, which again is you know your your two kind of jawbones lashed together, which is amazing. We have the Alhulik, which before we talked about the Kahulik, um, and so the Alhulik is similar thing, but instead of like nunchuck style this is just like has a handle with a, a flail kind of thing so it's basically like a, a glorified flail we have the latulis which is basically like someone was like hey look a gaithka but let's not let's make it not made out of dazzle so it's basically you know it's a, a, a double-headed spear but it has like two crescent blades on the end mm-hmm. and then we get the literally the double-bladed spear which is exactly like it sounds then again <laughs> somebody was like Hey, the, the 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 tortoise blades. Let's make a forearm axe. So now it's just the, it's an axe that's literally on your yeah. forearm. <laughs> it's a blade with a, a short shield yeah. with a blade. Um, you know that was one of the yeah. ones. Like I don't I don't even know how that works. And then we get the punchik, which is basically like your punching dagger. You know, definitely useful. Mm-hmm. And then the the two weapons here that are that are awesome are the singing sticks. And we first heard about the singing sticks. Mm-hmm in the in troy's novels rikus was yep. kind of use them he used them to practice and so they're sort of useless weapons they're basically clubs but they ha- it has some world you know some world building around it so it's cool and then of course then we got the coolest one we've got the tricol and the tricol is the weapon that neva is holding in in the picture of her uh it's kind of like a it's almost like a three-bladed axe sort of but uh it's got a, a little more a little more heft to it you know, the yeah. great, great weapons. And, you know, everybody wanted that. Uh, and so it was awesome to see that coming out. There's a couple other things that, that came out that I thought were pretty cool that I use. Uh, so the Dejada, that's basically like, uh, oh, God, what is that? What's that sport? We have that sport now. It's called uh, 
uh, highlight, highlight. And so Dejada was basically the same thing as highlight. But instead of just throwing a ball, of course, it's dark, so it's got to be a little more metal than that. You throw a spike ball. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so that was pretty cool. And then we had the talid, which is which is basically like a glorified spike gauntlet. It's like a whole, like it covers your entire forearm. And, you know, it's got a, a spike that comes mm-hmm. out of the back of your elbow. And, you know, just kind of very, uh, again, you know, I always like talids there. They look cool, very Mad Max style, you know, cool looking gauntlets. Yeah. So that was Gladiator's Handbook, second edition. You know, definitely go pick that up. It's got a, not only, mm-hmm. you know, does it have all these weapons, it talks about all of the, all of the arenas. So very cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, as as second edition went went on, or as as Dark Sun went on, obviously um, everybody kind of moved off to different projects. So we didn't have Brom drawing everything afterwards. I mean, if you look at some of the third edition weapons, they're still cool. Don't get me wrong; it's the same weapon, and the art is still good. But you look at it going, it's not this the original style. I mean, one of the things that that makes me sad, I guess, is that. When we get fifth edition Dark Sun, it's probably not going to have uh, Gerald Brom's art, no, you know, in it. You know, we're not going to have him redraw every single weapon and whatnot. I'm, I'm sure maybe they'll use some of the old ones. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people with great art, but that original feel, that original art, that original, those original weapons, where you're just like, that thing's impossible. <laughs> Let's see what the stats are for yeah. it. <laughs> you know, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen anymore. But there's lots of people with really great art. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not. I'm not downing on anything. I'm just. There's a, a point of nostalgia. There's a point of where I'm like, oh, let's. Well, we're gonna miss some of that. We're gonna see some of that. We're not gonna see some of that. You know, in yeah, fifth edition. Yeah. And you know, too much of a good thing can, you know, can 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 just you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you look at poly polyhedron ninety nine, there's another like twelve weapons here. And I gotta say, they're they're all pretty much forgettable. <laughs> you know, I don't think I can't remember. You know, other than because the hawk's hatchet looked cool, and the gladiator's friend was like trying to be mm-hmm. like the bard's friend, but a gladiator. Everything else, you know, I I would sort of skip mm-hmm. that one. Of course, if you're a completionist, definitely pick it up. Polyhedron ninety nine. It's got more gladiator weapons, and you know, trying to mm-hmm. you know trying to to riff off of the off of the oh geez, what are they called? The singing sticks. We now have got the the whistling mace, which basically does the same thing as the singing sticks. But there's two different versions of that one. There's the footman's mace and also the horseman's mace, which is hilarious because horses don't exist on Dark Sun. So, so I always thought that was funny. Um, so as we can you know, move on from that, you know, all of those, all of these weapons came out in during the original timeline, during, you know, the original box set. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the revised box set come mm-hmm. out and with the revised box that come out, there was basically all of the weapons from the original box set, Dragon 185, and the complete uh, Gladiator, yep. uh, a couple of complete Gladiator weapons. So, you know, they just kind of kept it. You know, they knew those were the good weapons, and and, and that's what we got. Yeah. And to be honest, I, th- I would have loved to see them almost replace even our modern-day weapons, like just basically not to take swords out. It's not like these things don't exist. But basically, just to be really like to focus down, I would have loved to see them to just focus down and be like, here are the weapons. You know, we have currently we have our our weapon tables in fifth edition. When Dark Sun comes out, replace that list mm-hmm. with these ones. And I'd love yeah. to see something yeah. like that. But 
who am I? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure that's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, so. I doubt it. And so, you know, after the revised box set, we got the next place that we got some weapons was uh, Thrykeen of Athos. These weapons are, again, you know, Thrykeen are supposed to be amazing hunters. So they're obviously going to have more weapons than just the two that we mentioned earlier. So we've got like four more weapons. We've got mm-hmm. the Ko, which is basically like a, uh, a pointed rock that can break chitin. The Kayorchka, which is like a larger mm-hmm. Chakcha. The Lajav, which is kind of like a nutcracker, which is hilarious. You know, if you kind of think of like, you know, <laughs> Thrykreen are, are, are like, uh, you know, they're insects. And so they have a exoskeleton. So they could, you know, they could be cracked kind of like a, a lobster. Mm-hmm. And so, so the Lajav is always funny. Um, and I never really saw anybody using that, you know, like, I mean, I just mentally, like, I just can't, I, I can't imagine it. And then you have the Zerka, which is like a, a barb javelin. So another couple of cool things that you can give, um, you know, in, in, in Thrykreen of Athos, you know, mm-hmm. there were other races of, of Thrykreen. And so it was another mm-hmm. cool way that you could differentiate those Thrykreen from your standard Thrykreen that people saw. Yeah. I mean... If you if you just type in like weapons of Athos into Google search, bring up the images, you can see some some wonderful wonderful images. You can uh, see some of the stuff from different editions, um, rendered in different ways. You know, obviously, if you're looking at anything and you see the second edition, is probably the ones that are black and white. You know, because they didn't have money for color back then, and you can see some of the like really really like brutal things that 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 people were using and and how they were were represented. I mean. Um, not just and, and not just Brahm. I mean, I know Baxa actually had. He also drew some of the stuff as well. So you have like different artist rendition of of different weapons and and whatnot. But you know, because magic wasn't was not so prevalent. You know, we had a lot more you know fighters and and gladiators and whatnot. So you had a lot more weapons to choose from. It was nice to have that extra list and and have two gladiators in the same party have completely different styles mm-hmm. to completely different weapons. Yeah, you know, and if you want all of these weapons, you know, definitely check out the Athasian Emporium, the third edition book that Athasarg put out. Basically, all of the weapons are in there. It's definitely something to to grab. And there's other weapons in there, which we'll talk about in a minute. But kind of going back to third edition, you know, Athasarg put out their, their sort of base 3E stuff, which also included the second edition weapons, plus a few more like uh, the Mahawitel, which is basically, like I said, uh, an obsidian longsword. It included the Adel Adel, which is, which is funny that it was never included because it's, the Adel Adel is basically a throwing arm for a spear. It lets you throw a spear much harder and much further. Yeah, it's a hugely popular weapon all throughout history. So the fact that that kind of thing is not added, like, is not kind of a regular part of D anD D, always kind of surprised me. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like not having the short bow or something. Yeah. I, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously we've done a lot of research and, and, you know, I, I've, I've studied a little bit of military history. I, I love watching those shows where they, they make mm-hmm, weapons, mm-hmm. like they make swords and whatnot. And, and you've done a lot of study and you've even actually like taken courses and whatnot. Sometimes, sometimes the, the game designers just sure, don't sure. have that background. You know, if you think about, you, know, you think about human history, we've got weapons upon weapons upon weapons. And that's just, you know, that's before, you know, gunpowder yeah. <laughs> happened, right? So, and sometimes it's hard. I think it's maybe it's, it's maybe it's, it's just harder to represent mm-hmm. that in the game somehow yeah, and yeah. still keep game balance. Yeah. Who knows? So then we had the, the Paizo 3rd edition, Dark Zone from Dragon 319. Mm-hmm. And that kind of included some of the standard weapons, which we've already talked about. 
and then, like I said, the uh, the Athasian Emporium had an update from the Arms of Athos net project, which let's go and just go and talk about that now. So basically, you know, during second edition time, uh, the old Dark Sun mailing list, we we did these things called the net projects, which if you want to go find them all, there is a link on athos.org uh, of all the net projects. Um, and basically it was just like everybody created something like, like if you had a week and, and Wayne's week was weapons, although let me look at, and Richard Black was mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. the person that did the Arms of Athos. So Richard had a week or however long it was, I can't remember back in the day. And people would send him, you know, ideas for whatever the topic was. And in this case, it's weapons. And so people just turned in a bunch of weapons. He kind of cl- uh, compiled them. We also had, were lucky to have uh, some of them drawn by some people. And, and you know, I'm not going to say that these are all great, but they brought the community together mm-hmm. and, and they're fun. And, <laughs> you know, that gives you, give you different ideas of what you can do. The names are really funny. Uh, one's like a Bet Nebi, which is a Golgan fork, which just sounds cool. <laughs> You've got a burst bow, which is probably, you know, something that's a little more, a little more kind of complicated, like Siege Ballista. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a forearm spear. So again, kind of uh, that one was actually mine, <laughs> which was uh, it was kind of branching off of the idea of like the forearm axe and the right. uh, the tortoise blades and stuff. So, you know, there's just a bunch of different weapons. And again, a lot of these were, you know, this was for second edition originally, but then they were they were brought up to third edition in the Arms and Equipment Emporium mm-hmm. or Athasian Emporium. Yeah. So definitely, definitely check that out. Yeah. Especially if you if you play if you play second edition or like definitely if you play third edition, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, there's a gigantic, there's a huge, huge, there's a huge amount of material, and we're kind of just obviously we're 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 just doing a podcast here, so we can't we're not talking about everything. You you got to look at some of the stuff, and even if you don't use it specifically, or let's say you're like Robert and I, we're playing a lot of fifth edition, you might just go and go, I'm going to convert this to to fifth and and see how it turns out. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talking about, you know, most of that, that what we, what we just talked about with the exception of the uh, uh, Arms of Athos Senate project was sort of like the official stuff. And then fourth edition, I didn't include fourth edition on this list, but fourth edition, you know, had just, just some basic stuff. Like they did not have all the details. Like they had the, the Karaikal and Gaithka and that kind of stuff. There's a, there's a Pathfinder list you can find. This is a fan-made list. You can find it. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link to it. But it's got basically all of, you know, all the ones we've already talked about. But there's a bunch of different ones in here, too. Uh, a bunch of new ones that someone made up. So if you want to try uh, play with Pathfinder, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of cool stuff in this. It's on the Pathfinder Dark Sun Wiki. But again, we'll link to that one. Teos did a, a couple of cool uh, articles during the fourth edition time. One of them was basically using, you know, the, the materials, materials in Dark Sun. So mm-hmm. you've got your bone, wood, stone, and obsidian. And he talks about weapon breakage, common weapons and stuff. So it's it's really an overview. So I would definitely suggest that if you want a quick overview, go check that out. That's on uh, alphastream.org. He's got a, you know, AlphaStream has a bunch of articles, uh, not just for weapons. He's just got tons of great darks and articles. So definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he's got some of the images. So if you want, you know, if you don't have some of the old the old books, but you still want to see what they look like, you can grab that article, which has, it's a, or it's like a PDF, which basically, you know, you can just print it out and then hand it to, to your players. So you can, yeah. um, you know, they can, they can see what some of these cool things are. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we've got somebody that did some fifth edition weapons that are on uh, r slash or slash r slash dark sun on Reddit. 
and he gives it's just basically a bunch of a bunch of his thoughts this is mario echo posted about a year ago but it's got some cool thoughts on on some fifth edition weapons Mm -hmm. and yeah that that one's basically he's he or she has basically just converted things into a fifth edition format so here's a weapon we didn't you don't have stats for it what would it be in fifth edition and just kind of streamlines everything but includes pretty much all those weapons uh all the ones that we the the three sources that we mentioned earlier and then finally i just want to mention jesse heinig who he's written a ton of stuff for for a bunch of different games he is a he's a pretty prolific author he and he's a huge dark zone fan and he you know uh, along with myself he's been sort of pushing wizards to to kind of do fifth edition you know kind of offering <laughs> like i'll do it i'll do it but he's got a website called uh trekhead uh, it's a live okay. journal site but there's a bunch of great stuff on there and one of them he's got this running dark sun series that's basically like how he runs dark sun and and, and how he makes it interesting and one of them is on metal weapons and you know he kind of goes into kind of like I, what i was talking about like making metal weapons more like magic weapons mm-hmm. and you know giving them that feel and so definitely read that to give you a, a good idea on how to run how to use weapons uh, metal weapons in mm-hmm. dark zone yeah yeah i mean i i I'm hoping listeners that you you've you've heard a lot of stuff. You know, we, we try to be a little more complete, a little more um expansive on on this on this topic and definitely let us know if you you like that format and and what we've done. But I think we've covered almost everything here. We'll try to have links for everything that we've talked about. So, you know, if you want to look for the the Athistog orc stuff or you're you're asking about the the Paizo one, we'll try to have links to everything in 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 the show notes. So make sure you check those. Definitely. But I guess as we, yeah, I guess as we close off, why don't we talk just a little bit about what we're going to be doing uh, this year other than recording. Maybe some of the cons are going to be at and obviously we'll have our, our contact information. So Robert, why don't you start? Where uh, where are you going to be this year? Where can people come find you? So I'm actually probably not going to go to that many cons this year, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. But you can find me, uh, you know, in the Dark Sun group on Facebook. You can find me on athos.org uh, in the arena, which is the discussion forums. It's arena.athos.org. And you can find me on Twitter at Radu76, where I'm always tweeting about Dark Sun stuff. And of course, if you want to play some Dark Sun with me, you can find me on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Robert Aducci. And we got a group right now. We're playing through the Brown Age. So this is, you know, in the the distant past of of Dark Sun when the Sorcerer Kings were in no danger of being kind of overthrown. The dragon has just come out of its uh, rages. And so like people are starting to travel around. And so Mm -hmm. I've sort of squished around some of the timeline stuff just to make it more interesting. So basically like Kaladnay and uh, Yaramuk are both thriving city-states. So there's more Mm city-states more kind of things happening. So that's what we're doing in my campaign right now. Cool. How about you? Myself, I will be uh, I'll be at PAX East actually for the first time with uh, TRI, which is the Roll Initiative. I will be at Anime North this year and I'll be helping out with uh, Gaming Garage in Toronto uh, in, in August a little bit. Otherwise, you can generally find me, I think mostly on Facebook. I'm, I'm in the groups. Um, I spend a lot of time just kind of lurking and 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 whatnot, and obviously talking with Robert about Dark Sun and, and other stuff. Otherwise, um, I'm not as active on Twitter anymore. I, I've had to kind of cut down on some of my social media <laughs> stuff. It's just taking up a lot of time. Sure. So if you have questions, obviously you can always email us. Our, our emails 
uh, in the show notes. Come to the misdirected mark uh, communities and, and whatnot, and, and take a look at what we are doing. And uh, let us know. Let us know if there's something you want to hear more about. If there's something dark sun you want to to know more about. If you want to have our speculation and theories about what's coming up with dark sun, we really don't know, but we like to speculate anyways. So it's <laughs> always fun that way. Yep. But other than that, we're going to be trying to keep to a monthly schedule and try to be consistent with that. We're very sorry that we haven't been that, but we really hope that you've enjoyed the interviews that we've done with the Dark Sun creators. And we're hoping to have uh, some some interesting stuff this year, definitely. So fingers crossed, uh, ears open, and uh, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's basically it for this episode. Um, just want to thank all the listeners for listening, sticking with us. Uh, I know some people are very excited and, and you know waiting for us to come up with new episodes and and we'll try to we'll try not to disappoint. So, everyone, have a great day. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye now. Bye bye. Bone Stone and Obsidian is hosted by the Misdirected Mark Network, the media arm of Encoded Designs.